this is one of our uh, core values sessions for the podcast. Um, this is still in the uh, pre-three mic era. This is in the two mic era. Um, Chris is in here, um, so Chris didn't have a mic, but he'll have to jump in if he's got something to say. Um, and Garrett's here. He's got a mic, so he can say whatever he wants, whenever he wants. So when we started out with this podcast, we wanted to, a couple of things we wanted to talk about was um, kind of the history of the company, but also kind of the the vision and where we're headed. And this winter, I feel like we've done, uh, we've done a really good job of sitting down and as a group having conversations about um, where the company's headed, what's, uh, what's important at the company, who we are. You know, we just went through a rebranding um, where we did a new logo and a new look. You know, we've, we've kind of done some more existential kind of asking, who am I? How did I get here? Kind of questions um, with the business, and um, so this is so we we addressed um, we listed five things that we felt were core values at the company, and um, help me out where I get off on this. But we what we did was we sat down and we thought who at the business embodied um, Burnster. I think the, the the prompt question was if you had if you could uh, clone this person you could you could conquer the market you know list the people that you could clone them you you could conquer mm -hmm. so everybody kind of listed all these different people and um then once you have that list of people you everyone needs to list like three to five seven reasons why and so we had this like big list on the board of names and then we started listing why and several things just kept coming up that this was why this person was, you know, such a great team player and this person does this really well. Well, that just happens to be the same thing that three or four other people are doing the same well. Um, and things that we wanted to, that were important to us that we felt we needed to do better or that we were good at or whatever. I mean, um, it was a very kind of inner look. And so we came up with our five core values and, um, one of the big ones that's uh, been a recent conversation at Burns Dirt, but it's always, in some ways, it's always been around, is the investing core value. Investing. Um, and uh, I think that's a multifaceted thing. So today is a day that it rained yesterday. We got like, what, an inch and a half of rain yesterday? Felt like more than that. Felt so, like it flooded. Yeah. Well, shoot, I drove to... Uh, to West Point earlier, and I came back by, and the, there was the big, the sea. I don't know. There's an, you know, from the, in between East Mississippi and the university, that mm -hmm. field. It was just absolutely full of water. So you know, we got several inches of rain, because uh, that was dry earlier in the week, or, or damp. It was probably damp. <laughs> um, but so I think it's appropriate today to talk about investing because, um. I think one of the biggest ways that you can invest at Burns Dirt is thinking about rain days, thinking about thinking ahead, investing for the future. Um, whether it's it doesn't you anybody at the business can think about how to invest for the future. 
Um, I think the easiest, this is low hanging fruit, um, is that as a, as a superintendent or a project manager, um, or anybody in operations, you, um, both, I mean, everybody in this room, Russell, any of the superintendents, um, we're constantly talking about, oh, well, let's not do that today. Let's wait till it's a rain day. That's a wet day activity. It's a rain day list. And one, it's great for superintendents to help their guys get hours, but also um, not spend time today doing something that can be done in two days after it rains tomorrow. Um, but there, but, and that's, people have to understand that in our business that is really defined, production's really defined by the rain and when we have rain and how long it's been since the last rain and when the next rain's coming up, it's such a rain driven schedule that constantly thinking, am I doing something today that doesn't need to be done that can be pushed back two days? It's going to rain tomorrow. Let's see if we can wait and do it Thursday. Um, that that's a big make or break. I mean, it's a huge deal. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of, I mean, I think about, doing concrete demo and different things. As long as you can access it with a truck, you know, that's a big investment thing. What's, what's some stuff that's, you know, rain examples of things that, what am I missing? For example, Gilbert was waiting to put up his retaining wall a couple of weeks ago for when it rained. And he was the only crew that worked for two or three days straight because he was yeah hauling 57 Putting up retaining walls, backfilling retaining walls. Yeah, retaining walls are a really great rainy day project. As long as you can access them, um, you can get your blocks over there, you can get your rock over there, uh, wherever it's at. And maybe sometimes, sometimes you've got to, you know, do something, build a little road or something over there to that retaining wall just so that you can go on a dry day so that once it rains, oh, well, I can work on the retaining wall that wet day. Um. Sometimes putting up silt fence, you know, tree demo, storm drainage can even be a wet day activity. Don't lay a piece of pipe today if you don't have to, if it's going to rain tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Wait until the rain passes and then. But Spectra, we're having trouble with that right now because it's a select fill backfill project. You have really sandy dirt. We're hauling clay gravel in there and you can't backfill with sand. And so we're unable to. Um, we're unable to lay storm drainage on wet days because we can't get dry dirt. It's one reason we like laying with sand. If you can lay pipe with sand, then you can do it on a wet day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've put off entire projects because we know as winter is approaching in the fall, we'd love bidding demo projects, get them lined up because in the winter, you know, there's a lot of demo projects to take a day or two. Go knock down a house, you can get it. You can move in there in the morning, get it on the ground, haul it off. You know, and be gone that afternoon or the next day or something. And those kind of projects, like demo projects, if we can get them on the ground prior to the rain, then it rains. If it's a two or three day haul off or week long haul off, and we know it's going to rain all week, we'll go get it knocked down and then haul off, and that keeps that keeps the whole truck drivers busy, um, which is the hardest group to keep busy because they're hauling material, and if it's too wet, nobody really needs material. That's the hardest thing. So um, if anybody has better ideas on how to keep the trucks busy on rain days, we are all ears because that is the, 
I mean, that's the hardest thing. Um, it is. And we can only stockpile so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, you can only, um, you only have so much room to stockpile, but people also need to understand too that when you haul limestone from the port and you're hauling it to a laydown yard or to a job, especially a laydown yard, we're not getting paid for that until it's put in on the job. And so you're acting as a bank of a sort for projects because if you go today and you go buy $10,000 you know, $10, worth of rock, haul it over to Startville, and you don't use it for a month, three months, which doesn't really happen, but a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, and you got you have to handle it twice. That's a good point, Chris. You have to handle it twice because you got to haul it in there, pile it up, then load it on a truck and haul it the rest of the way. Uh, one, it costs you more. Um, but also, um, you're sitting there holding on to that value, and you're, you've are you got to pay the port for it because you bought it. you got to pay them their $10,000. But then you're out the $10,000 until you can sell it again. Um, and so it's not always the best thing. Now, sometimes that totally works, and it works a lot of times. Yeah. Rain day investing is a, that's a, that's a big one. The, the single biggest issue in our industry and I feel like we do a better job than most, but we don't do a good enough job at it, is, uh, is investing for the future and training. Um, when y'all started in this business, did anyone ever teach you how to turn a skid steer on? Not, no. No. <laughs> All right, so the first time you ran a skid steer, what happened? I had to go ask somebody how to crank it. Yeah, somebody said... Hey, go over there, grab that skid steer, and bring me a load of sand. I'm laying this pipe. It's a rainy day, and I invested. We laid the pipe on a rainy day. Go grab that skid steer and bring me a load of sand. You're lucky they called sand and not like 57 limestone, and you don't even, you day one, you don't even know what 57 limestone is. Um, but said, yeah, go get me that. And then you went over there and what, and tried it? Mm-hmm. Sat in it, and you're like, what, how do you? How do you do this? Went really slow. Yeah. Really slow. Yeah. Explain, just just take this liberty, explain to someone how you turn a skid steer on. Because it is a little, there's a trick to it. <laughs> like, the best way is to show somebody. Because if you go over there and say, put the arms down, crank it, they're like, what are, what are the arms? Yeah. Then... Because some get, of them have bars, some of them have arms. Yeah, I mean, most of ours have arms. But, it, but if you're imagining where, where your arms are at, your human, your left and right arm, there's two little L-shaped elbow things that swing up and down, and you got to swing them over into your lap. Like a what? A carnival ride, roller coaster. Like a carnival ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the little lap belt thing you got put down. Fun fact, um, most of the time that trigger's in the left one. Always put both down. Thanks, Rainer Hickwood. Yeah, thanks, Rainer. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, sorry, Rainer. I almost, almost stole your, your piece of information. Garrett caught me. Dang it. Um, the trigger's in the left one, supposedly. But put both of them down because that's, that's, that's OSHA regulations. You got to put both down. Then turn the key on, and it's not going to let you go anywhere until you press and hold that parking brake. Yep. And then if you want to go fast, you got you got you to rev it up. And I've... The first time I got on a skid steer, after I'd seen that, I'd, I knew how all that part worked, but I didn't know that you had to, like, idle it up, you know? It seems silly now talking about it, but... 
Yeah. But no one tells you. Nope. Then you get to the point, like you say, and you don't want to ask nobody. Yeah. You sit there and figure it out. Yeah. So, okay. So if you, you've been there for three months, six months, and you never got on a skid steer, you've been running a mini or you've been running a shovel or whatever it is, um, or you've been in a dump truck for four years and you go get on a skid steer for the first time and no one told you how to do it, you don't want to be the dummy that was like, hey, I don't know how to turn this thing on. Or I don't have a cat key. You know, everyone should get a cat key on day one. That should be in your new hire package. A cat key. Yep. Start doing that. That is law. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, at this point, now, if you're a new hire, you've gotten your cat key. You can now find out this is where that <laughs> idea was birthed out of. Um, so, um, so investing in this, you know, um, the that the biggest problem is that no one explains anything to you. They just assume that, you know, and also there's this, there's this misconception. It's it's stupid. I'll just say it. It's stupid that we think in our industry and specifically in, in heavy, in, in earthwork and heavy civil side, we think that the only way to learn is to be here for years and years and years. And that's not true. It's not true. Not to say that you don't need the years. Yes, you need the years. You need the experience. You need to see problems. You need to see all those different things. But um, you can accelerate the learning curve by being taught and told how to do things and the tips. I mean, it'd take two minutes to show, 20 seconds to show someone how to do a, um, how to turn a skid steer on and move it and operate it safely. Um, and, and you're going to be better off that next time you tell that guy to get on it the first time. He's already been a woman before. Um, and that's something that we have to, as an industry all together, do better about is teaching people and investing, mm-hmm. investing in the future. And I, one thing that I n- never understood is I don't know why people don't, are not proactive on this. They always turn their nose up at it. It just makes your job and your life easier if the person or people you're working with know how to do more. Yeah. Like if your labor knows how to run a skid steer on the day one or his first week, three months down the road, that's going to make your life so much easier. And that's going to make the job go much, so much smoother. Like, yeah. That just. Yeah. And, and obviously somebody, when they get hired on at the beginning, you know, if you've, if you're 18 years old, you're just, you just got out of high school. You've never done any of this before. Of course you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't know what, you know, what wash gravel really is. I mean, you're lucky if you know what a material is or what a machine's called. Um, my wife and I have been married for 10 years and she still calls things a crane. I'm like, no, that's not a, <laughs> she called a, a, a man lift, a crane about six months ago. She's like, look at that little crane. I was like, that's a, that's a man lift. <laughs> it wasn't a scissor lift, but it was like a boom lift. But still, um, you know, and she's been around it for a long time. Not that she worked around it every day, but, um, but people, but yeah, you're right. So, you know, superintendent, and it's not just a superintendent thing too. Mm-hmm. To your point, Garrett. I know. It's, I'm, I'm saying as everyone. an industry, industry-wide, country-wide, you name it. I mean, yep. people just, you're like, oh, you need to help him out. You need to teach him. They're just like, oh, why, why would I do that? Yeah, if 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 you're an op, if I don't, if you're a laborer and you've been here 
for three weeks um, and a new guy starts a new crew, mm-hmm. help him out. Yeah. To give him, give him some tips. And, but do it in a nice way. Don't, I mean, just no, nobody wants a jerk, you know, being like, hey, I know you don't have to run a skid steer, so let me show you how you just get some. You don't have to be like that. Just yeah. be like, hey, man, have you ever run a skid steer? Oh, well, when when it's lunch break or something, run over here and I'll show you how to turn it on. Like, at least mm-hmm. show you how to operate. It take me takes two minutes and I'll show you how to how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. It makes it makes life easier. Yeah. Um, the reason that the single reason that we cannot find people in this industry is it's the biggest thing. Daniel came in here this morning. Um, came into the office this morning and was like, "Hey, have you found another?" you know, person for the, the, from maintenance team. And no, (laughs) it's hard to find people. Um, and there's something to be said that if we can't find people, we're gonna have to build them. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what we're gonna have to invest. And so force your time to build them. Like, Oh, we don't have time to train this guy. Well, take two minutes out of your lunch break every day, teach him how to run a skid steer. Then he'll put the time in himself. And your two minutes can turn into him doing 30 minutes or an hour worth of work. Yeah. And then it's just building. Or slow there. production, slow production down today and teach someone get slow production down today and let that kid get some track code time for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he's never ran a track code before. And I know you got four trucks on it. Well, you know, give him, let him do it. Then give him some tips. Hey, while the trucks are gone, then clean up your pile. Don't clean up the pile while trucks are here. I see that all the time. Somebody will say, well, I don't, well, you're trying to make me, you know, when you get in these conversations, I've heard this several times. Well, we're trying to get the job done as fast as possible. Okay. I would never, ever complain about you giving somebody an opportunity Mm -hmm. to learn or teaching some slowing down production to teach somebody, because I understand Mm -hmm. that if you can teach them, then production will be better down the road. Got to spend a dollar to make two. That's right. It's, it, it is investing. So um, I, I think that's right now, that's our biggest, hottest, biggest, hottest core value that we've mm-hmm. been talking about. And um, so coming up, we've got a lot of really cool investing things. Uh, we got the Bill Witt training app that we're going to do a whole episode on. Um, that thing's got tons of courses, um, a bunch of what they're calling micro learning videos, like a two minute video on how to, you know, change an air filter or mm-hmm. um and that, if you guys got ideas we can make how to start a skid steer video or we can do stuff that you think's not worth your time that they can you can be like hey watch this video yeah and saves you time saves that guy the heartache of not knowing how to do something yeah well that that's what's going to be big about that uh that bill Witt training app is that there's going to be a lot of those basics nobody wants to spend the time to do it's going to be in there um so the things that are not going to be in that app that needs to be talked about um if you're a superintendent and you got an operator around be building them as as superintendents Mm -hmm. i understand the thought process you got this kid that's 10 or 15 years younger than you and you don't um you don't um you don't really want to take the time to teach this punk kid how to do something, but, um, explaining, um, why you're doing something is massive too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get out there and 
skin off the, you know, the road today to get ready so you can haul tomorrow. Just mention that while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Mention why to your team. We talk about that all the time. Um, every young PM or estimator that we've brought in here new, if you do something, explain the why. Explain what I'm doing and why. Um, and now on the flip side, punk kid that just started at 18, you know, you just you learned how to start a skid steer this morning. Ask questions, dude. Mm-hmm. It cannot hurt. Too many questions, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, nothing's a stupid question because um, it could save your life. It can make the job better. It is going to make the job better, and chances are it's going to save your life. Um, the just ask questions. Now, superintendents will, just, you know, you know, they may think there's too many questions, but um, I remember so just kind of a funny story when I started my so when I very first started the company, my first day, I was on a pipe crew with Jonathan Burns. He was a superintendent, and me being the uh, inquisitive kid that I. I was, um, I was 19 years old at the time. And, um, I pestered him with questions. What is that? Why do you do that? What is this for? Why are, you know, I had never, I mean, I grew up around this stuff, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't understand it. I just, um, got to go do the fun parts of this job. Um, and about the second or third day, he came in and he told Kenneth and Dwayne one afternoon, he's like, he asked too many questions. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that's the only way you learn. Ask questions and um, because that's investing in your future. It's core value again. You know, if you're just starting out, ask questions. Um, and if you don't feel like you got a good answer out of the superintendent, ask, you know, ask one of us. If you see a PM on the job, chances are the PM probably has a good idea too of why the superintendent was doing something mm-hmm. um pms went through years of asking questions well, why are you doing it that way mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so investing what other ways can you invest i'm trying to think those are the two main ones workload investing but then also knowledge investing investing in other people there's all kinds of ways to invest i mean Look, a lot of day, a lot of times Saturday work is, is investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about another core value that's a, that's life ba- life balance. I think that's something that years ago was not really valued at Burns Dirt um, when there was a lot of Saturdays and a lot of different things um, that I think it's valued a lot more these days and talked about a lot. Um, if you know that there's a um, if you know that you know next weekend is the beginning, the first weekend of turkey season or something, um, talk to you guys. Like, hey, let's let's work this Saturday. So we ain't got to work next Saturday. Let's get ahead of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, let's put in an extra. Look, you're never gonna hear from the operations side or from a PM side him go, no, don't work two extra hours today and take off Friday. Like that just doesn't happen. Talk with your truck drivers and say, Hey, let's not work Saturday. So let's put in an extra hour today. Cause we need to get an extra round so we can finish something. So we don't have to work Saturday. Yep. Or we all want to take off early on Friday or something. Everyone wants to take off early on Friday. You still got to meet your deadline. So put in a little bit more and take off like mm-hmm. that. Um, that's an investing towards life balance. So that's in one core value working in with the other core value. Um, I don't think those conversations are had blatantly enough. No. Yeah. Too many 
gray areas that we're going to try to clear up here in the future. Yeah. With these values. Yeah. Um, another, just real quick, another thought, one, one I thought about, um, for on the driver's side of things, um, I wish was done more is I wish drivers would be more conscious about, um, you know, fueling up their truck or something in the afternoon so that you could get back out and get into production in the morning. Um, it's, I think it's one thing that's not, I'd like to have like a whole truck driving, like how, what the importance of the truck at burns dirt mm-hmm. episode. Um, but if you have to stop at 30 minutes in the morning to, you know, to do something or get fuel or something, and then you got to wait in line to get fuel. Um, how much money that cost you cost everybody, right? We all get profit sharing bonuses here. Everyone knows that it's a big part of our culture. Um, and the more money we make, the, the nicer things we get. That's what buys us these nice Western star trucks and these new dozers and our profit sharing bonuses and that kind of stuff. And it's a lot of that's driven from getting those high production days. Many, many high production days is what makes money at this business. And so any way you can help to get an extra round in, you know, that's what, that's what helps this place. We can only do so much bidding a project to get enough dollars in there, but you know, staying a little bit later and fueling your truck up or doing something, washing your truck or adjusting something on your truck is much better because at five o'clock spending your extra, you know, half hour of payroll, you're making the money. You actually get an extra half hour of pay. Um, but that's better than the cost of the track codes and the dozers and stuff, all the machines. That's the expensive part. Yep. Burning diesel the next morning. That's what cuts into your check. Um, something on the quarterly the quarterly survey here last was, and it's on every survey, and everybody wants more money, right? We all want to make more money. I want to make more money. The two of y'all want to make more money. Every person in this world wants to make more money. I can I can say that, um, and now I'm just ranting, but um, the uh, the way that we all make more money here is making burns dirt more efficient and more productive. If we're more efficient and more productive, then we all get paid more. When we all make more profit sharing, but we also make more per hour because we're better. We're more competitive. We can beat more people. We can get more margins on projects so we make more money but then it's the same time um because we get more done right so and that's investing right thinking about how can this project be more productive um so i can take more home at the end of the day that's it well we'll uh, we'll keep rolling through this series and if you guys have questions um this is kind of part of that foundational series that when you start out i uh, really want you to listen to the intro and Listen to these core value episodes. Um, I want everybody to listen to these, but especially when you get when you're new here. Um, I want you to listen through this foundation series here, so that you can understand the basis of the, the lens that we think through here and how we conduct ourselves. So, yep. until next time, see ya. See ya.